Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 151. Hey, we made it. We made it past the 150. We didn't know if we'd have any more. Well, we didn't get to celebrate because... we haven't gotten anything from Sydney yet. Oh, yeah. that's right. I forgot I was Not supposed yet. to be just upset those, about just that. Just those Christian brownies I brought last time. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's that was right. It. Yeah. That was it. So here right, we are. Good. We're back, and we're still waiting on baked goods from our uh, listener, Sydney. I no saw, pressure. I saw a, 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 an episode of her podcast where she took uh, fudge rounds, you know, oh, the yeah. Little Debbies. Little Debbies. And she made a Yule log out of fudge rounds, oh. and it was it looked delicious. She could, she could send that to send us. Send that yeah. to us. Boy. <laughs> be good. I forgot I was supposed to be upset about the cupcake, which I think is, that happens to me a lot in the world. I'll see things You're that supposed come. supposed to be upset about Yeah, that. I see something and I go, I forgot. Was I supposed to, am I still supposed to be upset about this? I can't remember which things I'm still supposed to be upset about, or is it like, past mm. the point that now I've made it to a point that you're upset that I'm I still I think upset that's what this. social media is for. Is you yeah, post I, it yeah. on social media yes. that you're upset. Then other people remind you you're upset. You get upset by why yeah. they said they were upset. And I'm like, good, okay. And, and I now, okay I'm for me. <laughs> now I'm upset. I I'm just when, mad. I don't know when or what I'm supposed to be upset I'm about I'm mad. So, I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe we don't have to be as upset about things as we normally are. Let's not be. Oh, my. There are, there are probably some things that should upset thought. us and get us concerned, but not as much as everyone else. We're, it, it, we're filming on election day. Are y'all upset? I'm not upset. I am not. I didn't remember it was election day till I drove by what I now know was a polling place, and I thought, why are there so many cars in this <laughs> building right now? And then I remembered, oh, that's right. Nathan, so. he's so politically active. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> And so. you're upset about it. Yes. So that you can Don't be. And hopefully, because this, this episode drops on the 20th of December, hopefully we'll know. We should know then. We should know by the we end We should, should know. What, by the 20th? Yeah, right. I think yeah. that it's only, you know, two guys. Two guys. And it's, you count them. That's right. So anyway, let's don't get into politics. No, let's say, this sounds, this sounds I'm not, scary I might already. get upset. I actually, don't want to be upset. Actually, I think next week's question is political. Uh, this week's question is... That'll um, be our Merry Christmas episode. <laughs> well, this is our Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is technically oh. All right, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, y'all. People have celebrated Christmas by the next episode. Okay. We will have had our Christmas Eve services. We should talk about that. All right, let's do it. Right now? Right now. Let's, I let's thought do. they were great. We've got Christmas. Oh, they haven't happened they yet. They haven't happened yet. <laughs> okay. They're coming up. Come on, man. <laughs> no, Catch up. They man. were awesome. They were my favorite Catch ones up. ever. Catch up. <laughs> so yep. we're going to have two Christmas Eve services yes. this coming Saturday on Christmas Eve. That's why we call them Christmas Eve services. Yeah, That's yeah. right. At 2.30 and 4. 2.30 and 4. I always struggle with the time. Two thirties and four. Yeah, it's always hard on four. Christmas Eve because you got to figure out. That's right. Everyone, everyone's got different. But services. no services that Sunday. No services. And somebody Sunday. asked me that. We're yes. gonna do two on Saturday. We're gonna do them again on Sunday. Well, no, we are on Sunday. We're just moving our our Sunday morning service to Christmas Eve, and so it is a little bit shorter because we are not. We are providing childcare for five and under. So mm-hmm. it's designed really to be a family service that your kids could sit with you. Uh, but, you know, it'll be very similar to the services we do on Sunday morning. So mm-hmm. it's not uh, drastically different other than it's going to be uh, shorter. So which I know if you like me and you got kids Everyone in the room. Everyone will love it. We won't talk fine. about sex or racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, Ed. Everybody wants that on Christmas. <laughs> That's right. So... Uh, Thanks for reassuring yeah. us. So anyway, I think it's going to be a, a really good We're going to talk time. about who you should have voted for. Uh, <laughs> yes. Jesus. There we Jesus. go. Vote go ahead. Jesus. What, are, what are we doing, Nathan? <laughs> no, I was just saying, we, I know we, uh, I, I've you know, uh, been working with the team that's put, putting together all the stuff for it, not just what's going to happen in the service, 
but we've got some stuff that's going to be kind of happening around the service in our lobby and such that I think it's, I think families are really going to enjoy. And so if you've got family in town, but honestly, more important than that, if there are people in your life mm-hmm. that you know uh, don't normally go to church, there's a friend of mine uh, who can't normally go to church. In fact, he can't normally go to church because he works on Sunday, but he told me, he said, you know, I saw Christmas Eve, he said, are y'all having a service? I said, we are. And so he may be joining us uh, for that service. And uh, in particular, this is a really good opportunity. People want to do family kind of things around the holiday. You could say, hey, come join me if you have a friend who doesn't normally go to church, especially if they live around here. Obviously, you're out of town family. They're welcome to come. But this is a better opportunity to use for people who live here and may in the future, continue to attend with you. So I just would love to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, And we're we're doing our best to to make it an experience you'll be happy to have been a part of. I look forward to it. I think I'm in it. Am I doing a part of it? We're all involved. I heard someone told me that the other day, uh, the last time it just happened where all three of us were on stage, they said, we love it when all three of you are on Aww. stage. And I said, that's really were sweet. They include- I was included. Yeah, and that's what I said. I said, <laughs> so shocked. I said, that's, I said, that's really sweet. I said, but you just got to understand that can't happen because there's, there's too much going on at that point that things could implode. So mm. it can happen on special occasions, but, uh, but, but we so have lots of- So are you saying of, it is happening this time? It is happening on Christmas Eve. Well, We're taking the risk. All stage. of us are going to be on and stage. And I don't have to dress up like a Christmas- Carol, no, I, Christmas not that. I mean, I don't know. Oh, if good, you do, I'm putting good. it here. If he does, it's on. He does. That was a choice. I he wasn't made. asking. I was actually afraid you might make me. No. There was a Christmas Eve where Jason was an Elvis. I was. <laughs> Can we not bring that? No. Yeah, that's we, a whole other thing. We'll talk about another. Back day. in the day when we had uh, Christmas production. Yeah, this good. will not be a Christmas production. No. I'll let you know that. It, I did. I dressed up like Elvis. Elvis. Several. Was, several people. We three kings. The we three kings. You yes. were the kings. I was one of the kings. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right. (laughs) We have a question. So, and it is not Christmas related. It is uh, related to our previous series on Ephesians. So we're going to sort of reach back a little bit. Uh, People still having questions, which is good. It tells me that we we touched on some things that people are still thinking about. That, that, That makes me feel good, you know, that we didn't just answer every question, but yeah. we've got people still wrestling with the text. There you go. And that's what this question is about. So let's see what we can do with this one. Here's the question. Thanks for the series on Ephesians. I don't mean this question to say that I disagree with you, but I have always thought that in a marriage, the man was the head of the family and the woman was supposed to be submissive. I know the husband is to love the wife, but I'm really trying to understand the mutual submission thing you talked about. I want to do marriage in a way that God wants me to do it. That's good for you. Thank so you. there's not a real question, but they really seems like this person is confused about what mutual submission in marriage uh, really looks like. Because it looks as it looks like maybe you grew up under the same kind of system that I did, where it was very clear there was a hierarchy within mm. the home and the husband was on the top of that thing and then the wife underneath and then the children and everything ought to flow down that way. And as I have studied the scriptures and the the context of what Paul and other writers of scripture were trying to say, um, like you heard us teach, you know, it's more of a mutual submission thing instead of some type of hierarchy. In fact, I just heard this described on another podcast uh, that I listened to uh, a few weeks ago. It's called Voxology. 
Y'all listen to the I don't listen to it regularly. But okay, um, but this guy, he's a pastor in I think Nashville or yeah, yeah I is think that where somewhere near Nashville. Okay, uh, his name's Mike Erie. He does an excellent job of he really takes some tough scriptural concepts and I think does a real good job of breaking them down and helping people understand. He just did an episode on this where he described how in the uh, in the first century in the Greco Roman way of living that <coughs> households were uh, arranged in this kind of way where uh, there was a uh, patriarch over mm-hmm. everything and that was over the extended family it was yes. it was more of like a small kingdom yes. right in that's fact. right yeah. you had an area of land that you ruled over and everyone up underneath you was subject to the land owner uh, and the way that I heard it uh, described one mm-hmm. time that was just a good image for me. Mm-hmm. We, in fact, we were just talking about this movie is yeah. that if you think of Sicilian families mm-hmm. uh, like in The Godfather, take out the crime part, but yeah. you take The Godfather of on the day of his daughter's wedding. He's got business associates. Mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. other people that he has done favors for at some point. They mm-hmm. now are obligated to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, in that it's a criminal thing. But in this yes. case, that that's how it was. It could be. Obviously, you said family members. It mm-hmm. could be slaves. It could be, yep. but it could also just be business. It could be people in the community that he helped out and mm-hmm. now go, I'm a part of this. Yep. I'm under your authority for that reason. Absolutely. And, I, and, and to make it real quick, because I know that's not you know what you ask this question for, but I do think it sets this up. In the Greco-Roman society, there were household codes written mm-hmm. uh, in such a way as to tell each person in the household how they should basically submit to or respond to the head of household. And what's unique about the way Paul does it is he writes it in the same form, but what he does is he gives agency or he gives, um, he gives choice in the matter to the people who in, in normal society had none. Right. And so when, when the early church read these household codes where this scripture comes from that you're talking about, they actually would have seen it as a turning upside down of an yes. already existing system. Yes. And so that's why when we teach these things, we try to put that in that context so that we can see that this is not a uh, a, a time where Scripture is trying to say, all right, let's get everything in order and let's look at who's on top. It's actually a flattening out of the, what the culture had already said. Right. Yes, that's right. And so... We should see it as the same way. And I think that's sad that so many uh, church cultures have actually, they've gone back to the old system in in some respects. Well, I just think it's, you know, there's a nature uh, to keeping things the way they've been. And uh, I mean, just most culture throughout the thousands of years of human history have been patriarchal. Yeah. yeah. So there's always been a man in charge. So it's very tough to hear the one, the the church that begins to break down that hierarchy and not read passages in light of what you've always known and go back to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I too grew up in, you know, a situation where my dad was clearly the head of the family and uh, the household and Mm -hmm. corporation that we ran and everything else. He was in charge. And uh, that's just the way things were. And so you see things in that light. You know, even the passage that I think that a lot of people refer to, uh, the, the Corinthians passage, where it says yeah. uh, man should be head over his wife, those kind of things. You have to look at that in the context of what Paul's talking about, and maybe, and we don't have, that's not the passage we want to talk about yeah. today, 
But that passage itself, when it gets down to then God's the head over Jesus and that kind of thing, it puts a hierarchy in the Trinity that doesn't really exist. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If you apply it directly the way that you apply mm -hmm. it to husband, to wife, and those kind of things, mm -hmm. that's not the way we understand it. And a lot of people read that passage, and it's one of the tough parts <coughs> we have, believing that Paul is actually quoting mm. some of the things that we think Paul is saying as a command is actually him quoting other people, yep. and, and they say this, but yep. we do this. That's right. Well, and what's interesting to me, I'm glad you brought up the First Corinthians passage, and I don't remember the exact place I heard this, but I remember one of the first times I heard that explained, they talked about, you know, it says the, the, the husband is head of uh, the, the wife and the head of the, the family. And then later in that same place, it talks about as Christ is the head of the church. And he talks about that the word that is used there for head is the same one that is used in military terms to refer to the head of the army, which is not, in their terms, was not the general or the person in charge. It was the person at the front of the army who was the first one to lay down their lives. Right. It was the person, by head, it meant you are the one to go first. Right. You are the one to step first, which we know it, Paul's frequent language about head, as far as Jesus being the head of the church, is he went first in laying his life down, so we would do the same. And so he's what he, he was saying is even our understanding of what it means of the husband being the head of the wife this person's interpretation, I'm not saying he's exactly right. I don't even know. His point was Paul wasn't even trying to say the husband is over the wife. His point was the husband, because you are the one who has legal and social power and authority, should be the one to go first in submitting, which then gives her the freedom to choose submission rather than be forced into submission, which was what was normal in their culture. Exactly. And I think that's an interesting thing. I don't know that we've gotten to their question, though. Well, he doesn't really have a question. He's trying to understand it. And yes. so, you know, I, I would say this. People have always, Becky and I have always operated by mutual submission. Not really, honestly, because I necessarily got this concept 42 <coughs> years ago when we first got married. But just because of the nature of the, who the two of us are, uh, we're both pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> and we both have equal gifts in different kind of areas. And to be honest, when we first got married, she was a much stronger believer than I was. It wouldn't have made sense for me to try sure. to have been the spiritual head. We would have had to go backwards, yeah. you know, right. to know for that to have been true. And so we have always led in the areas, and so there. I can just tell you this: there hasn't come a point in forty-two years of our marriage where there's got to be. Well, I guess I'm the one that has to make the decision. Right. Mm -hmm. We've just talked about things. So how does it? How has it worked out for us? It's worked out that way. Yeah, me too. We we tend not to because we don't think in terms of somebody has power that the other one doesn't have. Nobody's ever throwing down power on somebody else. Mm -mm. So it, yeah. it leaves us open to talk and to discuss and to mutually decide and really to submit to each other in areas where the other person ought to be the one leading. And the thing that and I don't need, I don't mean to jump back into uh, another biblical exposition thing, but I think this point is very important to bring out. And you bring this up when you talk about the power over versus the alongside of one another. 
that whole structure of someone having power over another is actually a, a product of the fall. Right, yes, that's, that's right. right. And what Jesus came to do was to undo the, the, the effects of what sin did in our world. And yeah. I think it's so ironic that a lot of people hold on to that patriarchal system as this is God's will for the family. But when you go back to Genesis and you see the whole thing of the man ruling over the woman, that's the curse. That's right. That's the that's curse right. that sin brought. And when the church came on, on the scene, when Jesus came and, and brought the new way of living, all the curse stuff flattens out. And so I, I believe when we operate the way you just talked about it, and no one sees power as something that I use over someone else, right. but I use my power, leverage it for the good mm-hmm. of someone else. We are, because marriage is supposed to be a picture of the gospel, a, yes. a picture of Christ who is, uh, you know, the we are the bride of Christ, those of us who are the church. And so there's a, a marriage image inside of that whole thing, too. So when we get down to what the marriage ought to look like within the home, it ought to look like Jesus. Yeah. And for me, that has always been the thing that has challenged my upbringing in that thing of what am I trying to, what am I trying to embody within my marriage? And I want to embody that concept of what Jesus came to do in, in, the, in, the, in the loosening of the curse that sin has its hold on us. And so I'm the same as you, Ed. Our marriage has become that. My wife is so much better at so many other things than I am. And for me to take, play the power card, to say, well, I'm the husband, I get to decide, or I get to do this, would be so foolish on my part. And we've begun to learn over the years of even more and more of what that looks like. Um, so for us, and, and I don't know if this answers the question, mutual submission just looks like what's best for not just not just our marriage, but what what's what, when I ask the question, what is best for her? Um, what is best for our kids, and what is best for the world around us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, for how how uh, for us to use our gifts and our talents and our the abilities God gave us to to allow our marriage to speak the gospel to the world around us, and I think we're we're still figuring that out. That's right. But it is a constant um, it's a constant learning process of what well, that looks like. I think every, the, as you age and as well, I should say, as I age and as our marriage grows and years go on, everything changes because the situations or the circumstances you are in are changing. But the principles that Jesus gives us of, you know, so if you just take the general principle, not in a marriage, but just Jesus says, the Gentiles lord power over people. And he's not meaning non-Jewish people. He's meaning people who don't follow God. They're the ones that take power and say, I have power, so I'm going to hold it over you, but not so among you. So if I just take that one principle, it's really hard for me to decide then in my marriage or in my parenting or in my grandparenting or in my work life to then go, well, but in this position, I have to take power and put it over. I'm constantly looking the cross becomes what forms what we do, and I'm constantly looking and saying, how can my rights and power be 
submitted and given for the benefit of others. Yeah. And in a mutual situation, if I'm doing that and Becky's doing it for me, then both of our needs are met, but we're not striving to meet our own needs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I agree with everything you guys have said. I was, I've been trying to think, is there something I, I could add to it? I think the only difference that I have is that I have a different perspective in that I did grow up in a home where, I mean, I obviously, I found out, I found out, I've had two different conversations where people don't know that Ed is my father. So <laughs> uh, if you didn't know that, uh, so I grew up in his house and I grew up in a house. I don't where, have a beard so you can tell the difference. Yeah, you don't always know the difference. So I grew up and I would say, honestly, um, and I don't think this is a shock to many people. Well, maybe it is to many people, but not anyone who knows us. Probably the greatest influence in my childhood was my mom because we were homeschooled and we were with her all the time. She taught us, even though he's a preacher, and I've heard thousands of sermons he has <laughs> preached. Uh, and because someone said that the other day, they go, "Oh wow, you sound like your dad." And I said, "Well, I've heard that. I mean, it's, I hear it all the time, yeah. you know." And but I, I bet I've heard equal amount of most of Bible stories I know, most biblical information I know, I knew from her because. It was just a part of our growing up, and it was part of So my, honestly, it's hard for me when I hear this. I've been sitting going, I wonder what it's like to grow up in a home or to be in a marriage where one person is the head because in my home, it was normal for people to disagree. It was normal for, for mom and dad to disagree, for kids to disagree with mom and dad. Uh, I've said this on our Family Movie Night podcast, conflict was not just a normal thing in my my home. It was an expected thing, but not bad conflict. Healthy, good, we disagree. We're sharing our points of view. We're all trying to figure this thing out. And so it would be hard for me in my marriage to say, what are decisions that I would have to take where I'd be tempted to go, well, I know what God wants. There's no way you could know what God wants. Or I'm the one that has thought. I'm trying to figure out what that decision is. Most decisions my wife and I have to make, and we disagree. There are decisions that even get made that she'll make. And I've said, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I, this is, I'm fully on board with this decision, but I'm fully on board with you, yep. and I'll support you in whatever we do on this. We both go into it knowing we both don't agree on the decision, but because either she's better at it or because... Just the way our life is, she's the one that's responsible for the consequences that's, that's of it. That's exactly right. Yes. You know, uh, like my wife homeschools as well. It would be stupid for me to come in and go, this is the curriculum we're using. Or this, these are the hours that you have to do school because she's the one who is making, she's the one who lives with the consequences. Now, we have conversations. She asks my opinion. But regularly we go back and forth. But neither of those to me are like, God woke me up in a dream and said, you need to go tell your wife this is bad. You know, I mean, none of those are such weighty spiritual. Maybe if she came to me and said, I no longer believe in God and I no longer want to go to church, then I might have to go, well, no, I'm making the decision. This is our, we might have to make maybe, and I can understand. But even then, because of the nature of our culture, you couldn't force her to go to no, church. No, 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 I couldn't but force her to But you could decide for yourself and your kids. Yeah, I could, And but even that, I would have to have a mutual submission in that. And I know maybe the person who wrote this is in what often in the Bible gets referred to as unequally yoked, where maybe you're married right. to a non-believer. And I know several people in our church that that's the case, and it is becoming a strain on their marriage. So I can understand that. I'm all, The only reason I'm speaking about this is to say I don't have that perspective. I can't imagine. That must be incredibly difficult because that's not my perspective. 
the uh, the other. Uh, well, go ahead. Wait, no, 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 no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, the only. Well, I was going to shift. If you want to say, I can add. Well, I was just going to. You know, I hadn't had the thought, Nathan, because you know, uh, I got so focused on my experience. I had not thought of the many people I know in our church that are in situations where they're not equally yoked. Mm-hmm. And sp- and in most yeah. cases, women who are married yeah. to a husband who is not not always, yeah. and so not you may always. be a man who's married not to always, a non-believing woman. But in the percent in the years I've been doing ministry, it's it's more women who are married. They're they're more committed to their faith than their husband is. Yes, uh, and it's a struggle. And I can see and, how this verse would be a struggle. Yes, yes. And I remember reading. And oh, and that, so I just want to say to that, you know, there is a there is a scripture in in uh, well, I guess there are a couple of them, but I always think of the Peter scripture where Peter says the husband will be won by the godliness mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of the wife. In those situations, there will be things where you will you will be called to submit some things that you wouldn't normally. If you were on your own, you would do things differently. Yeah. I I think in terms of. I've known particularly of wives that have not been able to attend events sure. that they knew would be good for them spiritually. I'm not talking about regular worship. Uh, I'm talking about other things that they would like to be involved in. But for the sake of honoring their husband yes. who wants to have family time, they've decided they will submit that for that. Yep. I also think of wives that I know that have decided in those instances where they, they have pooled money. Right. That will try to talk to the husband about, I want to honor God by giving a part of what I earn, but I don't want to do it in such a way that it causes division. That That's a God-honoring it thing is. to do, and that is practicing mutual submission. Well, it's practicing submission for the sake of honoring God in, in the hopes. That is out of reverence for Jesus. That's out as, of reverence for Jesus. As the verse says, that's why we submit. Yeah, even though you might, in fact, not be doing what you think God would want you personally to do on that issue, you are doing the bigger overarching thing about a reverence for Jesus. You submit to this person that you have made a you've made a commitment to. Yes. Well, and I think so this this kind of goes to the point I was the second point I was going to make is kind of unique about my experience because that was my experience growing up. Um, my marriage is not the central community in my life. And what I mean is for both my wife and I, and we've just been honest since we got married, uh, we believe that following Jesus means you love his church and that in order to love Jesus, you love his church. Now, I don't mean my job as a pastor. We have to make a separate distinction there of what is my work job and what is me as a believer being committed to. So I don't mean, I don't mean I'm committed to the church because I come up and write scripts for the job. That's what I do for a living. Uh, my commitment to the church are the people that uh, are are in close relationship to us, our brothers and sisters in this church who have a uh, relationship with us. And part of what that means is we are not just mutually submitted to one another. We are mutually submitted to them. And when the thing that you said, which I thought was just so, and it's just, it's just, I know it's bizarre outside the church and even for many people inside the church. Uh, you know, we have we have people in our lives that both of us would we regularly have to go. Hey, we haven't had a lot of time together this week. Not just because we have four kids, which anyone who has kids mm-hmm. knows that experience. You know, you kind of you're, you're. It's not that you don't put your marriage first. It's just that the nature of having kids, you don't have as much oh, yeah. time alone as you did before. Yep. But we've even had weeks where we've said, Hey, both of us are being called to 
to go help these brothers and sisters in Christ in such a way. And sometimes we disagree on how those things are, but we're both submitted not just to one another, but to this greater community. And I think that really is the picture that Paul is painting here of these household codes to the point that Jason was making. The way that their world worked was everyone wanted to become what the patriarch with the pater familias, to be the head of the household, to be the number one. You had all authority and no one outside the emperor really could get have anything to say to the head household. In our culture, it really is like being a CEO. Well, they were a law unto themselves. They're That's what I mean. They were a law unto themselves. That you can, you have this power that, and you, you know, you see CEOs, you're like, how do they, you know, your kids go, how do they get away with stuff? And you go, well, they're just sitting at the top. And what Paul's trying to say is, hey, hey, in the church, it's all going to be different and that the church really is the family of God. And this is how marriages should work within the church. And I know that sounds like a minor distinction, but I think it's a pretty major one because even the thing you just mentioned there, there's a level to which a lot of the, um, I would say most of the lack of submission does not come over good and godly issues. It is not me fighting about a really important godly issue. It is, I'm trying to find personal happiness, personal fulfillment. I want you to do something for me. I want this to happen. And Paul is trying to get us to a point that with every person, we would say, my life is about Jesus and his church. And he says this in uh, 1 Corinthians about, and if you're single, you can do that. And if you're married, you can do that. It's just going to look different for both of you. And it's important you figure out what life in the church looks like for you. And so I would just really encourage you in, in that sense to begin trying to, once again, just renew your mind in saying, uh, my happiness, my fulfillment, my meaning has to come out of something bigger than my marriage. Uh, and honestly, it loosens a lot of the grips of this idea that this one person has to fulfill every part of my life. Uh, and, and obviously Jesus should be, but there are also brothers and sisters in Christ who also come alongside. and Which I think we separate unnaturally to say Jesus should be and then the church. The, I know, the, yes, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm just, I mean, I, I'm not saying like you don't know that. No, no. I'm I saying it's, I think it's an important distinction when we talk about our relationship with Jesus. The closest you're going to get to Jesus on this earth is his body. And you can have a relationship with Jesus I mean, yeah. spiritually, yeah. I do mean that. Yeah. But, you know, I think about the service we did n not too long ago where we're praying with each other yeah. in the service. And we're, there's a, there is a holiness to that communion that we experience with people that we only know because the Spirit of God is alive in each of us that you right. can sense when you're praying with people and they trust you in that moment and you trust them. Mm -hmm. There's a closeness. That really is, it does feed the soul. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. and it does, it ultimately envelops me. It's the way we say it. it's the fullness of life with God in that the fullness of life with God is life. And we've already said this, so maybe this is retreaded, treading the ground, but it is life within the Trinity in the community of God. That you, you're talking about Father, Son, Spirit, fully submitted to one another. And that the church is to be a model of that here. It is supposed to be because we are filled with that life. We then can do that for one another, which is what will happen in heaven for eternity. It's we get to. I heard someone say it this way: You get to live in the future now. Right. You get to live right now, and what eventually will come, you get to model. The problem is, it requires submission, and it does require me to say my my life, my happiness, my fulfillment is not centered in me or in my marriage 
or in my kids. Uh, it really is in this giving myself away to Jesus, his church, the, the whole thing. And once again, I don't mean the organization of community Christian. I mean the body of Christ, these people that you would actually get to know some brothers and sisters and you could actually practice what it means. There are, there are people in this church who know the code to my house that they can get into my house at any point. And I trust that they won't just come in at two in the morning and scare, <laughs> scare the heck out of me. But they, they regularly, I had someone the other day say, they meet in my house when I'm out of town uh, because we are the only ones who have a, a, a house. Everyone else is, does not have their own uh, home. They're living with other people. They regularly, well, I'll be on vacation and they'll be in my house cooking in using. I came home and they'd use some of my milk, and I have not forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, it's been you know. So sometimes mutual submission causes you costs you some milk, it costs you costs you some milk and you can be a little petty about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, I think our time is about or more than up. So I'm going to go ahead and call it right there. I would say to the person who asked this question, if uh, we did not get into the specific issue that I feel like maybe have inspired you to ask this question, please reach back out uh, yes. through email or back through the uh, question. And you can submit another question if you'd like. Um, but I, I hope you see the direction we're going in uh, of mutual submission is not just a marriage thing. It is a life thing. It is. It is life with Jesus. And I think for me, at least I can echo what these guys have said. The more I have practiced submission, with the brothers and sisters God places around me uh, in His church, my marriage has benefited from that, yes. and, and vice versa. No, oh, that's right. yes, you know, that's right. so it is. It is a both way, both and or kind of thing. So, all right. Uh, well, next time we uh, should see, we also mention. Folks, I, I just want to mention well, that well, if what? someone, if you're in a, if if you're the person who asks this or not, and mm. you're you're in need of marriage counseling. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Jason. Jason, I will volunteer. Jason, I will also volunteer. Thanks, Jason, Nathan. Jason, Jason Thanks, has great. So I don't, I don't actually say that to say that neither Ed or I would be of help, <laughs> but it is to say that. And I don't know if everyone knows. I think we've mentioned it on the podcast that you are currently in school and training to be, uh, to become a, license. a licensed counselor, but you have years of pastoral counseling experience Absolutely. and just. And I know you enjoy to do that. Temperamentally, well, so. he is more geared to it. <laughs> yes. I would be happy to sit and listen to you and then tell you what I think you're doing wrong. That's right. <laughs> Usually it becomes self-evident. Well, I know that. If you, if you know I, how to do it right. I understand that. It's, Th it's that's been evident why, to him the whole that, time. That's what, that's what my training helps me to do. So, But yeah. But you could reach out to Jason yeah, you through his email. Yeah. Give me a call. Uh, shoot me an email. Uh, I'd love to meet with you and... Help you through some specifics if you want to do that as well. So, yeah. All right. Uh, what I was about to say is the next time we see or they hear from us uh, will be after Christmas. So I hope you all have a great Christmas. Yep. And, I, and I hope you join us on Christmas Eve. Yes. You do not want to miss that. And so we're going to be back next week. It will be our final one of the year. And uh, we have a, a semi-political question. Okay. So we tried right. not to get into the politics on mm. this one. But next time, I think we're going to have to get into it. All right. So okay. uh We'll end the year on politics. Aren't we so excited? Yay. We'll All also right. probably ask us begin some questions that are not political. Ask that would us be great. Send in some questions. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, you, you send in the questions. That the link is below in the description and uh, make them not political. Or whatever. Uh, yeah, we us, don't mind. We're send joking. us questions. We're joking. We'll answer anything. We're not scared. Y'all scared? <laughs> I'm not scared. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the question we'll, is. We'll be scared next week. We'll what's, see you then. What's the code to Nathan's house? Yeah, you can get, you can get it. <laughs> I, I always get it wrong.
So y'all have great Christmas. We'll see you here Christmas Eve, and uh, then we'll see you back here on the podcast next week.